0: And a warm welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I have Jody Goldie in the studio with me. She's a trauma counselor. And every time she comes on, I know the text line lights up because I always want to uh, make her wisdom uh, available to you if you've got a situation. Uh, maybe your trauma is related to you feeling uh, under threat or humiliated or rejected or abandoned or invalidated, unsafe, unsupported, trapped, ashamed, powerless. It's just a short list. There's more. But if you have a question or a concern about something going on with you, ask the question. Send it over to 877-933-2484. Last time Jody was on, she talked about something that I wanted to uh, discuss with me again. It was called alarmed aloneness. It was a fascinating concept and I wanted to expand on it. So I've had her back. And I'm always glad to have her on. Jody, welcome.
1: Hi. It's so hey. good to be. I love how you open it up with all these horrific <laughs> things. You're like, welcome. Yeah. Here are all
0: these terrible things. And now Jody Goldie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, always, it's always a good lead in is, right isn't before it? your name. yeah. But you know, good.
0: you deal with trauma. So this is what you do every day.
1: This is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I appreciate uh, you've got a wonderful balance. You've got a, a, a very uh, fun sense of humor. And I think it's important for you and your world to keep things in balance. I agree. Yeah. So uh, last time we were on, you really got my attention and the attention of so many people with this idea of alarmed aloneness. And I would love for you to talk about that some more because there's more to mine.
1: Absolutely. I think there's a ton more to mine there. Um, Okay. So there's this man named Yach Panskep. (laughs) I love saying his name just anytime. Yak right? Panskep? Yak Panskep. And he's passed on, but he was known as the rat tickler. And the reason he got that name is because he had this idea that animals have emotions and they have emotional circuits in their brains. And if we could figure out those emotional circuits, it would give us understanding into our own brain. So he did study. The, uh, Emotional circuits of animals. And he found, I believe, seven or eight emotional circuits in animals. And he did discover that we have the same. And so he is known as the father of affective neuroscience, which is affective means emotional neuroscience. So he discovered these eight circuits. And one of the circuits that we are born with that is hardwired into our bodies is called panic separation or separation grief, or there's this woman named Sarah Payton that I really like. She's a neuroscience educator and she calls it alarmed aloneness. And it's Mm. this emotion where you feel like you feel like a little kid, you feel like you're lost in target and you can't find your mom. And it's a panic state. It's like a freak out state, but you're alone. So it's feeling like you're never going to find connection, the connection that you want again. And it, it, to me, it speaks volumes of how we are created to be in connection with others. And if we are not in connection, that circuit just goes crazy in our brain and makes us feel so uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I think this is a, an emotion that a lot of people feel a lot, but don't know how to name it. And mm-hmm. so it gets really stuck in our bodies if we don't know what it is. So I love. Um, that Sarah Payton gave us that beautiful word, alarmed aloneness, so that we can actually know what, what to
0: talk about and mm-hmm. how to name it. So you could be having a, a pretty average day, and then you can be uh, at a place in your home, and you can have this sudden wave of attack yeah. called alarmed aloneness, yeah. where all of a sudden you feel like a lost hidden target. Yeah, or
1: like... People feel it when they're alone. People, I know, I have felt this often. Um, say I'm with like friends or something like that. It, I mean, I for kids, this is a big one. You know, you're going into the lunchroom and you don't know where your people are, mm-hmm. and it's just this like aloneness, this like isolation panic freak out you're never going to have friends and you're never going to find your people mm-hmm. um so it can happen at any age but it is a horrible feeling we are we are yeah, we're made to be in
0: connection yeah no kidding why would our brains do that to our to us i mean always i can't help it because <laughs> because why would your brain do that to you going i'm never going to have another friend i can't i can't find my place my connectivity where are where are my people will i ever connect again those are real feelings,
1: aren't no, they? No, they are. They yeah. are. I think it's It's the emotion. The emotion is just information. Mm-hmm.
0: It's information
1: that... that it's data, isn't it? There you go. You yeah. got it. Nailed it. It's just data yeah. telling us,
0: oh, And we have okay. to interpret the data, don't we?
1: Exactly. Okay. I think I need some connection. I think I'm feeling really alone and I need to reach out. Like I know in a lot of um, recovery worlds, like... This feeling leads to a lot of um, use because it's so scary. I've got to fill this hole somehow. I've got to stop this. I've got to numb it. And so I love the um, recovery models where you can reach out to somebody. And that somebody, that connection, it's not just helping you know what to do. It's also the connection that matters. It's a beautiful,
0: beautiful image. We were talking about, did you talk about a rat earlier?
1: Rat tickler.
0: Rat yeah. tickler, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about uh, the uh, the rat park, that no. experiment? <laughs> it, no, tell me about it. Well, no, it's interesting because it has to do with addiction. But this doctor, I b- believe his name is Bruce Alexander, he came up with this concept of a rat park, and he placed a rat alone in a cage, and there were two different uh, bo- uh, water bottles offered. One was filled with water, and the other one was laced with heroin, heroin or cocaine. And the rats, the rats alone would re- repetitively drink from the drug laced bottles until they overdosed and died. Yeah. But then you put them in an environment with other rats, and they ignored the 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 drug laced bottle. They didn't care. They they had each other. They had community. Wow. Yeah. yeah I thought that was a fascinating study. Um, but the fact you brought up rats, I thought, well, I got a rat story.
1: I that is <laughs> that is a beautiful rat story.
0: It's a great rat story. Yep. And you know rats are they they were so happy just to be in community uh, that they did not seek any kind of uh medication of any kind they they ignored the bottle of water laced with the heroin
1: i, I just see that as a beautiful image right it god cares so much for rats i know. Right? but even more so he cares for us yeah. and and he he yeah i think that's People are pretty important. Connection is really important.
0: Yeah. So this idea of alarmed aloneness, is this something that you have felt like, Jody's talking to me right now because I've gone through that where out of nowhere, maybe you're driving in your car, maybe you're you're home. Maybe um, you've just got this moment where you had this onslaught of anxiety because you thought, uh oh, I'm really alone and I'm very alarmed. Yeah, And and tell me what your experience was like. Tell me if you've had that. I'm curious to hear from you, 877-933-2484. And if you have any questions for Jody about trauma, maybe you, again, I, I, I'll read the list again uh, that I compiled. That is, maybe you feel abandoned or invalidated or unsafe or trapped or ashamed or powerless. And these are things that you're dealing with every day of your life. We want to help you um, Be free of this, and it's not going to happen in this hour, but there is going to be some counsel you can offer, Jody. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, again, when we go back to this idea of aloneness, isn't that Satan's biggest lie? Because God says, I will never leave you or forsake (laughs) you. So because all Satan can do is lie and tell the opposite, what Satan would tell you is, you're going to be alone and no one cares about you.
1: Right. Right. And it is his one 100 percent promise to us right yeah that we're not alone it is it is through and through the one thing that we can count in yeah. which is amazing and i'm glad you brought up anxiety too because the the thing that's so fascinating about that alarmed aloneness is that anxiety actually runs on two of those circuits in our brain so when we say anxiety it's really tricky because we can't we can't kind of describe we just know it's uncomfortable So it runs on fear and then it runs on this alarmed aloneness. So if you're experiencing anxiety, it might be really important to ask yourself, is this fear or is this because I am disconnected from community or
0: disconnected from
1: humans? Which one is it for me? And that can help you know kind of where to go and Mm -hmm. what kind of help you might need.
0: I would say that you could have that sensation if you were driving in your car and you needed to talk to somebody and your short list of peeps that you talked to none of which were available it could send you into a little bit of a boy i feel i feel alarmed at my aloneness right now absolutely so it could be as simple as that couldn't
1: it yep for sure sometimes in the morning i like to do this
0: app called marco polo i don't know
1: if you've ever heard of that I app haven't. it's just the way that I, a lot of my friends are are really spread all yeah. over the
0: country but right now i'm i'm in i'm fifth grade i'm in the pool playing Marco Polo. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, right, different yeah, different different vibe, okay. but it's just basically like a FaceTime that you just talk back and forth to each other, but it's in not in real time. But sometimes I'll go on and it's like a panic because nobody, nobody's on there. Yeah. Like, there's no messages, and then I'm like, oh wait a second. There's always somebody here for me. I can just spend time with the Lord and really like kind of go there. But sometimes it's sometimes that connectedness can be a dis- distraction from the one thing that really, really
0: fills me deeply. So mm-hmm.
1: connectedness is tricky, isn't
0: it? It is tricky um, because we have to be uh, cultivating that that list that community of people that we reach out to and that that reach out to us yeah because it doesn't take long to feel a little bit of mild panic about um not being able to contact or connect to someone that you need to talk to
1: yeah absolutely
0: and right now we live in a day and age where everything happens so quickly because we've got texting and cell phones and everybody can basically connect at a moment's notice
1: yeah, I think we don't sit with the uncomfortability enough to really notice what it actually is. Uh, we're not we're not very good with solitude.
0: Hmm. So, Jody, in your counseling practice, um, and I know you're at the CollaborativeMinnesota.com. Yep,
1: the CollaborativeMN.com.
0: Which is not super helpful because you're not able to take new clients.
1: Right, so. but. There are other beautiful people there. I get it. So maybe we can find some, some support.
0: Of course. So, but trauma can happen in so many different ways. It can be a, a one-off event or something that's ongoing. And you can be directly harmed. You can uh, have been a witness to, to harm to somebody else. Um, maybe you're living in a very traumatic atmosphere. How would you define a traumatic atmosphere?
1: A lot of, for the DSM four, which is kind of like the the manual for diagnosing um, specifically post traumatic stress disorder. They have to one the you have to witness or experiencing experience a life threatening event. So I always kind of like to think about that a little differently. So obviously, if you are in a horrific car accident. That's a life-threatening event. Yeah. That's clear. Or if you're in war, that's a life-threatening event. But we also have to kind of think about it developmentally. So say you, um, your mom dies at a very young age. For a child, that is a life-threatening event because being separated from your caregiver, you think you are going to die because mm-hmm. they are they are kind of your life. So... It really depends developmentally on what time in your life that those events happen. Um, another thing that I always like to remind people is is not having the care that you need is a life-threatening event. Because if you are three and you're not um, getting the proper food or you're not getting care or you're not getting attunement and attention, mm-hmm. that feels life-threatening. Because your brain cannot develop correctly without that attention. We actually need attention. I always say, well, they're just trying, they're just doing it for attention. Attention is a need. It's not a want. And so if we don't get that, our brain doesn't develop correctly. And they're saying now in neuroscience world that uh, neglect is actually more um, developmentally impacting than physical or sexual abuse. It's, it's pretty impacting.
0: Yeah. What about when you feel overwhelmed with grief, overwhelmed with emotion about something that's happening maybe in your family or with a loved one, and you're realizing that the news you just received is emotionally almost crippling. Is that considered borderline trauma or is that just really hard news?
1: It really depends on how long it goes on, and what happens to you. What happens to you? What's your experience of it? And again, they they say that it has to be life threatening, but for some, some, some news, um, you know, of like a family member or something like that, feels very life threatening.
0: Well, yeah. Let's say a family member came home for Thanksgiving and said, "Oh, oh, by the way, I don't believe in Christianity at all anymore." Yeah. and you've been nurturing and loving this child forever, right. and you're getting hit with that news. To me, that sounds kind of traumatic.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. That can be for for parents who that's their investment and that's that's the thing that they care about that that their values.
0: I mean, what's what else is more on. important, right?
1: Right, for yeah. a parent, yeah,
0: yeah. So, Jody uh, Goldie is my guest. We're continuing our discussion our discussion on trauma, and maybe you have gone through a traumatic event. Maybe you were frightened, you witnessed a near-death experience, you were in one yourself, you have uh, felt incredible rejection or abandonment, you felt unsafe, trapped, ashamed, powerless, and you've got a question for Jody, let me know what it is. Of course, you can remain anonymous, we're not going to talk about your name, but if you want to ask a question, Jody would be more than happy to address it. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. When you sponsor a child in need, you change their life. Your child learns that God loves them more than they can imagine and that he has special plans for their life. Your child gets help with school and is taught leadership, life skills, and how to overcome poverty and succeed. Your child gets nutritious food and vital medical care that often saves lives. You might not be able to change the world, but for one child, you can change theirs. Meet the kids, find your child at myfaithradio.com. All right, we're back with more professional radio with Jody Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> I love making you laugh. All right, Jody, um, let's talk about when a, a beloved, someone you care about, love, you've nurtured, they start deconstructing and saying, nah, I don't really buy this faith anymore. As a matter of fact, I, I, think, I think you're living in the, in the dark with what you believe, how do you stay in connection with that person as they're on this, this journey of not believing, praying that one day they will come to their senses?
1: I think, you know, obviously, I think there's a lot more people that are more qualified on your show to talk about these things. But, we, I mean, we can talk about it in well, this Well, right context. now
0: they're not available.
1: That's true. They're <laughs> not here, and I am. I am... Um, my dear amazing, wise husband is a philosophy instructor, and I think he has taught me a lot he's he's a philosophy instructor with a bible base right, nice. and so he is all about asking questions and being curious because what what do we love? The most we love to talk about ourselves, right? And we love to be asked questions, and so he has this very um, good way of asking people, and not leading them to something, but being being genuinely curious about what somebody values, what is what makes somebody the most. Um, he he talks about, uh, I think. He's gonna kill me because I'm gonna get this wrong, but levels of happiness, like what what produces the the best level of happiness or whatever. And and I don't mean happiness in like a, a throwaway way, but like joy and contentment and things like that. But um I think to stay in connection, you know, when somebody says that they don't believe, I think that's just a starting conversation Mm -hmm. it's it's one long conversation right all all of our relationships are one long conversation we just need to keep asking questions and keep being curious and keep helping because i know for me i've been working out my faith with fear and trembling and it does not look anything like it was 20 years ago Um, You know, some could say that I've deconstructed. In my opinion, I have grown closer to the Lord because of my doubts and my questions and my concerns and my frustrations. And so I don't think there's anything that we have to be scared of when our family members are doubting or they're hurt. Um, Jesus himself was like, here check this out, Thomas, look at the holes, like Mm -hmm. I'll bring you in, but let's do this together. And I think, I think that's the model that we need to show with our family members and our
0: friends. I love that Jody. but what about doubts versus flat out rejection? Like, I, I think you guys are officially now believing something I don't believe anymore and that's it.
1: I, that sounds like a, an end to a conversation, And, and that, that would make me so sad because I do love to continue the conversation, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I think that there's also some respect that needs to happen around, okay, like, if you have blocked me out of this conversation, I would love to be a part of the conversation, but I need to respect that as your boundary, but I'm here and I want to talk about it. And I, you know, I'm open to hearing your side of things. So I think, you know, I think being open we're, as evangelicals, we're not the best at being curious, you know, Mm. we're, we're oftentimes we really, really want to tell somebody like what we think, but we're not the best of at really, really helping others kind of flesh out what they think. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I, we were talking about this during the break, but we listen all day to what people tell us what to think. I mean, our lawyers tell us what to think, our doctors tell us what to think and our therapist our therapists, us. tell us what to think, <laughs> you know, our dentists tell us what to think. And we embrace that information because we, we believe that they're looking out in our best interest. So you take someone who completely loves you and cares about you. And at what point are you able to say, I believe this is the most loving thing I can say. Oh. And uh, you can take it or reject it, but here's the truth as I see it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, I hope that I hope that even if somebody, no matter what their belief status is, that the the love can continue. You might not share the same values, but the you know, especially with family or friends, that the love can continue. Because I don't know. For for me, the, our our faith journey is exactly that. It's a journey, and where somebody lands today. It might not be where they're going to land in two weeks, in two years, in 20 years. And so I, I really think we, we should hang with people and, and, and walk, walk with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting question, Jody Goldie. When I was 24, I was T-boned by a drunk driver going 50 miles an hour, suffered a TBI, traumatic brain injury. That's TBI, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, but God told me to put on my seatbelt just seconds before impact, which saved my life. And God has fully healed my traumatic brain injury, too. My question is, why do some people go through such traumatic events and others don't? That
1: is the golden question, oh, I know. isn't
0: it? Oh, it totally is, yeah. Because
1: I, I, it's always hard when you say, oh, praise God that you put on your belt. Well, what about the person that didn't? Right. It's very confusing. Um, suffering in itself is very, is very very hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so,
1: I don't know. I, I can't, I don't think... I don't think I can answer that. I don't think anybody
0: can, really. Um, What joy that that you survived and God saved your life and you put on your seatbelt and you were healed from your TBI. Absolutely. That
1: is is amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, What advice do you have for a mom of a recently married son to a wonderful lady and he isn't doing his share of work at home and not to his full capability and she calls me for help? They both come from Christian Christian homes, but not believers. Oh, you know we we all we we all deal with things levels of heaviness. Yeah, wouldn't you say?
1: So let let me get this straight. So the the new wife calls mother in law and says, way. "Your son isn't doing right. isn't doing the share right. of the
0: workload." Right. Um.
1: Yeah, and they're not believers. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, gosh. I would I'm I'm a big fan of encouraging communication because what I've learned with working with couples over a long span of time is that oftentimes you're like, well, have you told your husband that or have you made that request known? And oftentimes they're like, well, no, I don't know how to do that or I'm not sure. So always reminding them, like, you you need to request things because I think I think couples oftentimes don't realize that the other one can't read their mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they really can't. I've been married twenty one years and I'm still annoyed that my husband cannot read my mind. It's mm. very frustrating. Yeah.
0: All right, Jody, here's another question. What is the process for mental healing for adults who were neglected emotionally as a child through young adult? Yeah. That's a little more in your wheelhouse, isn't it?
1: That is. Yeah. That is. Um okay. Bill, you gotta help me so I don't get too in the weeds. Okay. okay. Yep. So oftentimes when we've been really neglected, um, whatever that looks like, and that can be emotional, that can be physical, that can be whatever, educational, Mm -hmm. medical, um, oftentimes there's a young part of us inside that feels young and, you know, um, that at times maybe we're in relationship and then all of a sudden we feel like a four-year-old again.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that resonates with a lot of people they're like oh yeah yep i my favorite question in therapy is when people are telling me about something that doesn't make sense to them that they did like a stress response i'm like well how old did you feel during that that moment Mm -hmm. they're like oh oh yeah i felt seven that Mm -hmm. was it that's that's what's going on um because what happens is we kind of go into these like um neglect or trauma kind of Circuits in our brain, circuits, uh, trauma loops is what we call them. They're kind of like um, time capsules mm-hmm. that open up and then we play, like, we kind of become that developmental state. Okay. And that's, that's neurology. That's really what happens. It feels crazy. It feels awful when it happens, but it does happen, and it's very normal when mm-hmm. it happens. So when you notice that that happening, start noticing, start noticing how old is that. So say it's a four-year-old inside of you. Mm-hmm. Start noticing that four-year-old and start, as the adult, start building a relationship with them, which sounds crazy, I know, mm-hmm. but it's real. Are you getting a lot of
0: calls? Like, no, no, I'm lady's not. This
1: out of control. <laughs>
0: no, um, we haven't got that one yet. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait for it. Yeah. Um, but you kind of like, if you think about it, there's, there's, there's um, parts of our bodies and our brains that remember these things that need to be cared for, that never got the adult that they needed. Mm-hmm. And now we're the adult that they needed. And we get to be that. And if we can't be that, we have the Holy Spirit to teach us how to do yeah. that. And so you start building a relationship, and when that when that four year old starts popping out, you kind of pull it back and say, "Hey, buddy, no, you don't need to be out in the world. Like, <laughs> you can stay safe inside, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to be the adult. I will be the adult who protects you and cares for you, so you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. So you start doing a lot of noticing and working and caring for it in a different way.
0: Yeah, Jody, do you ever find that there's a digression when it comes to trying to solve a discussion or an argument where you might start. Arguing like a fifty-year-old, and if that doesn't work, you start arguing like a forty-year-old. <laughs> then, before you know it, you're arguing like a twelve-year-old.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe two-year-old. You start maybe two-year-old. Yeah, and, yeah. And stomping. Yeah,
0: but uh, there's just this digression where yeah. you, you keep going lower and lower. But what you have to do is stay in your zone, right? Yes. Stay in your age zone, and realize no. that 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 twelve-year-old that wants to come out, or that seven-year-old that wants to come out and throw a fit, has to just remain safe in the vault and just. Exactly. Go, well, I'm not going to pay attention to that. That loud voice in my head right now.
1: Yep. You've got to kind of like protect that part of you back so that it doesn't have to be out in the world. Because it's actually not safe. It's not safe for a seven-year-old to be in a 44-year-old body. That's not safe. No,
0: it's not safe at all. Yeah, so. No. no. If you have had a traumatic experience or maybe you've gone through that alarmed aloneness, we were talking about that at the top of the hour if you just joined us, which is that feeling that you don't know how to connect to anybody in the moment and you have this the sensation of panic and you have a story to tell or a question to ask or maybe you just have gone through some trauma that's still still you're still dealing with it you can ask Jody Goldie my guest 877-933-2484 again 877-933-2484 we'll be right back My guest today is Jody Goldie. She got her master's degree in counseling at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. She is a uh, trauma counselor and uh, always glad to have her on because she uh, lives in this world. And so I want to talk a little bit more, Jody, about the, the deconstruction. When you have someone that you really love... Because I've had this happen many times, and it's really shocking to have someone that you consider a brother or a sister in Christ say, "I'm a pagan now i I'm not doing this Christianity anymore. I felt duped, and you wonder, hmm, what happened? What got into your brain did you get How did you get deceived um you didn't you didn't stay uh, active in your in your fellowship and your Bible study and your prayer and what happened and when we get that kind of news, I remember when a friend of mine said that to me. I felt like I was punched in the gut, and I thought, "I, I don't. How do I respond? What, what what would I say?" And I was as loving as I could be, and I gave him as space he needed. But I've continued to pray for him, and I still bring it up. Yeah. How do we care for people that just got hit with some hard news, especially over the holidays?
1: Yeah. I think I think reaching out for connection. Okay. Right. With any, because it does feel like uh, a loss, a huge loss, a huge grief that um, when you have lost a, a brother or sister in Christ in a way, you probably haven't lost the person, but maybe the type of relationship because you don't have the same um, worldview, framework, values, and that freedoms, freedoms right? to talk
0: about the things that you love and hold dear to your heart.
1: Yeah. And that changes a lot. And so I don't know. And and again, in that conversation to ask a lot of questions of what, what feels appropriate to talk about what, what, you know, what, what do we need? Like, I love that you were like, well, I gave him the space he needed. So it sounds like he communicated or if she, I don't know.
0: It was a he. Okay.
1: Communicated that he needed some something, which is nice that he was able to actually ask for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people walk away from community because of, hurt um or i feel like some people walk away from community and some people walk away from god and so even asking that question like which one is it and what what one really really hurts and it it could be it could be both Mm -hmm. um but for the person that is has the great loss i would say they need some support they need to be able to like pray and the and lament and grieve because it is it's very very sad, mm-hmm. it's very sad. It's it's it feels like a a death, and so to to be okay, but to also um, surround with yourself with people who 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 can see hope and maybe pray with that.
0: That would be important to feel community amongst the 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 believers in your circle that say we can join hands and pray for. Our dear one who has stepped out of yeah. their their faith life, I mean there's so many prodigals out there, right, yeah, I mean, do we all not know prodigals?
1: yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah um,
0: we get that all the time, yeah, we pray for my son or daughter, who has um, chosen not to want to go to church anymore, or they 're angry at god they 're calling the Bible irrelevant, and they 're not wanting to participate in. In family fellowship. Yeah, It's that's it's, it's heart wrenching. It's so painful. to me painful. that's that's traumatic.
1: No, I would I would I would very much agree because our spirit, you know, you could harm the body, like you harm the body, you harm the the soul, the spirit, like whatever it is. But like this, that part is going to be so painful, and it's a severing of a relationship in a way that is. Yeah, I, I've had some, you know, some friends who, who have chosen to like convert to a different mm. um, faith, like mm-hmm. Islam or, or something like that. And and so that's that same feeling of like, well, but we're still in faith, but it's not, it's a, it's a very different, it's a very different faith, obviously, mm-hmm. we know that. And so, yeah, to, to feel that death in me of, of that I can't connect with them in that way, that mm-hmm. it hurts significantly. Jody,
0: how do you best stay connected to this loved one? when you're in that position where you go, "Uh Oh, there's some deconstructing going on. There's some rejection going on of faith. And I don't want to lose my relationship with my beloved, but what's, what do you do to to keep things loving and kind and caring and supportive? Yeah.
1: I think that, um, I mean, I always kind of go to if, if, if anyone lacks wisdom, James chapter one, love it. it. It's my favorite one because I feel like that's how I spend my whole entire drive to work going, "Oh dear God, help me! I have no (laughs) wisdom for this day," Um, and and I feel like he's so good. He's so good to give wisdom things that I'm like, "Wow, you blow my mind! I would have never guessed that that would have been something that would have." move the needle or have been helpful. And so I think that's the first place to start is that grounded in rootedness in Christ. And he is kind of the lap that we need to lament and cry to. And then get wisdom from him about how we walk forward in that grief. And 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 what that looks like, what loving looks like. Loving could mean I'm stepping back. Loving could mean something else. Um, I'm not sure, but for, mm-hmm. because each relationship is so different. But um, I think that's where it kind of starts, that wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm. Jody, I, I want to ask, so if me or Bill or whoever it may be knows somebody who's lost a relationship with somebody because they've gone away from faith or whatever it may be, is it not our place to maybe... Recommend that person talks to a therapist or a counselor. Is that over the line? If we don't, you know, they're talking to us about this and we can love them and support them. We might not have all the answers they're looking for though. And somebody who's more equipped might. So is it okay to point them in that direction while still loving them or is that not really our place?
1: I think for like the deconstruction issue, I don't know if, I mean, I know that there are therapists that work with especially like s- spiritual harm. You know what I mean? Things that like, especially if they've been harmed in a, in a way that has like led them out of the body, mm. that is, that is a big deal. And like, oh,
0: I mean, there's stone some... around
1: the neck, right? right. Like that that's,
0: that's a big about, deal. You're talking about like emotional or physical abuse that happened in the, in, yeah, in the in context, the church. in the church.
1: That's where I was like, I I would say, yes, Mm -hmm. like I think somebody would would need some care and in some ways separating what a human did and what God does. I mean, so so that's a very specific like issue. Right. Um, But like um, but if somebody is deconstructing their faith, I I mean, I'm a big fan of therapy. Obviously, there's there's. There's good therapists, there's bad therapists, just like there's good oh, mechanics sure. and bad mechanics. and um, But I think everybody's trying to do the right thing. I don't yeah. think anybody, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, they, there's yeah. good
0: ra- radio hosts and yeah. there's, and there's good radio hosts. <laughs> you notice I never offered bad as an option. It's <laughs> true.
1: I like that. No, I'm covering, like that. I'm covering my
0: base on both sides.
1: Yeah, and it's true, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I happen to think it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but I think, I think it is important to have, I mean, I've had people come to me that that's their, that's their thing that they want to talk about is deconstruction. Mm -hmm. And it can be really scary because a lot of times people don't know where I stand on anything and they don't know what I'm going to say and how I'm going to help guide them. And so that's, that's the, that's the hard thing. Um, but I think that it, it's okay to say, gosh, it sounds like you've been really hurt. And there's been harm or or it sounds like you're trying to really work through some big questions. Maybe there's somebody who can walk alongside you that might be helpful. And maybe that's a therapist.
0: Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's a lifestyle change and all of a sudden that doesn't really line up with biblical principles. Yeah. And, I, you know, I want to go do this or that and and you're going to judge me. And so I'll just disregard scripture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that,
0: that can happen, too, can it? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So it's it's super hard to know what love is. You know, my husband always talks about love is love is not love. Like love is so you can't you can't say that. Like it's very confusing. Like what is love? It's so confusing. Um and so how do we love well? Because there are different elements of that and we have to be really careful. And then and we have to listen to the person. I think for me it's we have to keep them, you know, and their requests at the center of how they what they want and what they're longing for. And I know that, you know, that might be hard. But um, I think I feel like I heard this on Faith Radio. So um, don't quote me on this. Okay. Somebody somebody said this on Faith Radio. Like they were talking about how um, maybe some maybe like asking a parent to not talk to their like grandchildren about about. God anymore. They mm-hmm. said, you know, I would prefer, you can talk.
0: Oh yeah, to, that was on the show. Okay, you yeah. can talk
1: to God as much as you want, mm-hmm. you know, about my kids, but don't talk to my kids about God. But I, I kind of liked that, that don't forget that you can talk to God. Like you, you can, you can pray. Yeah. Like you can all, like this is, this is the relationship that we have when we don't know what to do with stuff was we go to him
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and nobody can stop you from doing
0: that. Yeah, I think I'm going to go to break right now, and I think Wyatt and I are going to have a little huddle over the conversation I think you just referenced, because I'd like to talk about that a little bit as well. Jody Goldie is my guest. If you've had a a trauma experience and you want to ask Jody a question, please text it over, 877-933-2484. You will, of course, remain anonymous. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Bill Arnold, host of The Afternoon Show. Do you uh, still believe God is good? I think oftentimes when you share Christ with people, they they want to ask two questions. Is God good, and can God be trusted? So do you believe He cares about the condition of you and your life and your soul, and do you think He still answers prayer? Well, I promise Susie Larson is going to help you wake up to the goodness of God and point you towards healing and wholeness. If you're in for an adventure of a lifetime and to be used by God, just text the word good to 877-933-2484 to get encouraging texts, prayers, and devotions from our own Susie right to your phone. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Welcome to the show. If you just jumped in your car or tuned us in, Jody Goldie is my guest. And she's a trauma counselor. So we've got some interesting questions that have come in. Jody. this is one. I don't even know how to ask this correctly, but here it is. (laughs) Okay. Hopefully you're smart enough to know what the question means. We'll see. (laughs) What does Jody think of ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, especially for a person that had childhood and adolescent trauma that is unresolved despite participating in counseling with Christian counselors over the past two to three decades?
1: Yes. So ketamine. I know, it's okay. Like ketam ketamine, ketamine. I don't even know what it ketamine. is. It's so it's ketamine. So ketamine it? Yeah, it's a drug. It's a um it's a it it's actually used for surgery. So if you've had a major surgery, the chances are that you've had ketamine, um, in order to recover because it's a dissociative means that it like kinda of takes you out of your body. Um it's a really strange class of psychedelics as well okay so there is um there's a there's a movement in the research um that uh and you've probably seen it in popular culture and things like that that there's a psychedelic movement around i
0: have heard that yeah.
1: okay around actually healing um healing trauma depression things like that so ketamine assisted therapy is legal here in Minnesota and there are clinics that do it the um i've had a lot of clients who have um chosen that route and friends who have done it and i um with a with a, like with a doctor and i would recommend clinics that actually do ketamine assisted therapy meaning that somebody's with you while you do the actual taking of the ketamine because it can be a, a scary experience because it's, it's a drug. It can be very scary. So you go to a clinic and, and you kind of sit and and you take it for a couple of hours. So um, there's one called catalyst insight collective that they do a really beautiful job. Um, and there's other ones that do a great job, but they're, they're f- fabulous to make sure that they are with you and you're prepared and it's not scary. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so that's, something that we uh, I know nothing about so thank you for telling me that
1: Well there's some great books out there none of which I'll
0: read but thank you very <laughs> much for that
1: and it's it's <clears throat> it's actually I've had some really incredible um, experiences with with people um you know people who are in their 20s all the way up to people in their 80s who have chosen to do it and it has been it has really moved things for healing which is really helpful.
0: Hmm. Here's a question, Jody. I've experienced three different cancers over a ten-year period, and churches I've attended that had massive leadership failures. Have I experienced trauma? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like a- as far as cancers and
0: yeah, and, leadership le- and failures. being in churches that had massive leadership failures. Is that ha- has that person experienced trauma?
1: Um, it depends on how you have. How it's impacted you. Mm-hmm. I know that I have um, worked with people who have experienced the cancer experience and something else was going on in their life that was bigger. And that so cancer felt like nothing. <laughs> cancer was not the trauma. It was like everything else going on. If that makes sense. That was just kind of a side note. So it really depends on how it impacts you and how you experience it if you continue to think about it and it continues to impact your relationships or your relationship with yourself or your relationship with God. Um, I know for me, I get really impacted by um, people who have moral failings in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, They feel like kind of traumatic blows, most recently um, with IHOP and things like that. It, 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 It just kind of... It just kind of hits me in the in the chest every time it Did happens.
0: you say IHOP?
1: IHOP, International House of Prayer.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Um, I went to pancakes.
1: Yum, as you
0: should. Well, <laughs> yeah. See, I, didn't, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know what happened at the International House of Prayer. Oh, okay. And yeah. because it's roughly dinner time for me, I'm, I know. I'm thinking, pancakes. I'm th- I was thinking yeah. pancakes. Let's know. stay on pancakes. How yeah. That? So yeah, I'm sorry. I I did. I mean, I have seen and experienced myself some horrible uh, moral yeah. failures in church environments. That really rattled me. Yeah. Um it was horrible.
1: Yeah, and it really, it breaks your ability to trust. And then it, it confuses you because then, you know, sometimes you equate these leaders with, with, you know, godliness. And sometimes I equate with them with, like, the Bible and things that they've preached. And so it taints some of that. And it gets mm-hmm. really confusing. And then you have to, like, rethink everything you learn from them. It just... It's exhausting.
0: Yeah. And then the the multiple cancer scares uh, yeah. or or experiences would make you think that you're going to wake up every day and 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 it's going to come back. Yeah. That's kind of traumatic. You're not living happy go lucky at all.
1: Yeah. Right? And it depends on how it's, you know, if it's I know, you know, I've sat in that room and waited for that for that outcome and I I I think that would be really hard for people to just take that as it comes but so it's it's a stress inducing and trauma is just significant stress so
0: yeah yeah so as we process stress in our life when when does stress um, can can trauma cause mental health problems can it start with something that happens that's traumatic in my mind I'm calling this traumatic can that turn into something that causes a mental health problem or make me more vulnerable to developing them
1: yeah for sure. So, okay. oftentimes, you know the the markers for PTSD, you know they they can lead to well, PTSD is a <laughs> mental health problem. Um, but but oftentimes, sometimes it's really hard for me that it's even called post traumatic stress disorder because a lot of times the trauma isn't post. It's no. we're
0: living Ongoing. in it. Ongoing, right? It's a life sentence for a crime you didn't commit,
1: right? And so. I don't know. I I wish they would change some of the wording because it's just traumatic.
0: Mm -hmm. How best do we approach prayer with our great physician and healer when we know in our hearts that we've experienced trauma? Uh, I know that's a big question. A couple of minutes to go.
1: I think... I think as somebody who has gone through a lot of trauma, I've had a really hard time with prayer. Okay. To be honest. Appreciate like, your honesty. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Always. Um, because, because of that exact question that we brought up earlier, like, why do I have to go through this? Yeah. Like, where were you? Why didn't you deliver me from this? Um, how could you do this to whatever? Um, so, but I think, I think for me, um, Getting mad with God is is more productive than getting mad at God, mm-hmm. and so I fight with him a lot, and I do yell at him quite a bit in prayer, so mm-hmm. that a lot of our prayers are arguments um <laughs> and he's so kind and he's so gentle, and he is so um he's so present for it, mm-hmm. and as long as I'm in communication, I feel like he's there for it, just like I would be with one of my sons, yeah, you know.
0: Jody, what about if I'm not getting my my trauma validated in my world? Then what? No one's validating my trauma. They're all writing me off as, uh, there he goes again. Yeah. What about that?
1: That is where the therapist could be really helpful. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be excellent because it is, especially if you're in a family system where everybody's experienced it. They oftentimes don't even know that it's traumatic.
0: Yeah, because they've got their own baggage. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Or, um,
1: or a church system where they're not validating it or, or whatever. So that's where it might be really helpful for that outside
0: perspective. Mm-hmm. Jody, I always enjoy having you on. Thank you very much for coming on and, and talking about trauma. It's a hard topic, but uh, I know there's a lot of people that have this um, in their in their history in their life, and yeah. and God. Will heal and restore.
1: Absolutely, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Like that's what our brains are made to heal. We are created to heal
0: Amen. and and grow. So. All right, Jody Goldie's been my guest. We will take a short break and be back with more in just a minute.